wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Terry from Terry's Mysterious Moments. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm a writer, musician, and filmmaker. On this show, we are going to go ahead and discuss horror and read some horror fiction. So sit back, turn out the lights, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. This week, we got a gem for you called Plaguers. I think I'm going to go ahead and change the name of this podcast to I Watch It So You Don't Have To. Or maybe at least December, it'll be I Watch It So You Don't Have To, because, man, uh, this is another gem we have here. This one kind of came about in a really interesting way. We had a Christmas party at my work, and there was a white elephant gift exchange, and lo and behold, I get the DVD of Plaguers. And I am thinking to myself, oh my god, I've just got this horror podcast that I'm doing, and here I am holding this movie called Plaguers. How can I not do an episode about Plaguers? I mean, that's like like, like fate handed me a movie. And it's, it, keep in mind, this is White Elephant gift, ex- gift Exchange. No one knew that, you know, I was doing a horror podcast. Uh, or at least no one, no one uh, <laughs> knew that I would be getting that gift that I would do a podcast about. So it was kind of an interesting serendipity that, that I got this movie. And whoever gave this gift in the uh, exchange really, like, I don't know where they got it, because, man, they must have been scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, you know, it, it, it's in a Blockbuster case, and there's a two ninety nine sticker on the top, but that's even crossed out. So, like, whoever bought this originally got it from Blockbuster, like, like for less than two ninety nine. Uh, you know, so it must have been like Blockbusters going out of business sale. Please take this movie from us. Uh, and you know, when you when you look at the the front, which says Plaguers, no one is immune. You kind of start to see why. Let me read you the back of the DVD here just so you know what you're in store for. When a fuel transport vessel is hijacked by a band of sexy space pirates, an alien virus is accidentally released. One by one, the victims mutate into ravenous demonic creatures, and the survivors must band together against the undead plaguers before the unimaginable horror reaches Earth. Steve rails back. Life Force stars in this terrifying journey into the deepest recesses of outer space where horror beyond your imagination awaits, awaits, awaits. Okay, there wasn't really that echo effect, but, you know, I, I kind of had to add it there. So, anyways, I put on Plaguers. My wife is there with me. We're sitting down, curling up to watch a movie, and after the uh, first exchange of dialogue, my wife kind of turns to me and says, I'm not watching this. I'm going to go read in bed. And I'm like, have at it. I'm doing this for my listeners. She's like, you have fun with that. (laughs) 
Yeah, the first exchange of dialogue, uh, you know, was was uh, the captain coming into this room, telling these two like working class Joes, uh, "Hey, you should really go move this down to or the airlock or storage or something like that." And and one of them really gets mad, is like, "You're not my captain!" Like literally, like like a kid, like "You're not my captain!" <laughs> and then you know, like starts to do the like like move in really close because that's really what you do to your acting captain, you know? Especially when it seems like their captain died, and I'm guessing because the woman who is the captain is, like, you know, looking over this body that's in cold storage, and she's like... Ah. Uh, you know, so that that starts our, our scene, and then they get a distress call, there's a bunch of sexy space pirates... Oh, hang on, they're not actually sexy space pirates. They're sexy space nurses that then reveal that they are sexy space pirates when they go ahead and take over their ship. Now, it's a good plan, right? Pretend you're a sexy nurse and then reveal that you're a pirate and take over a ship. Seems to make sense. But what I don't get is the fact that they came from another ship that they seem to have just taken over, right? And there's even this, like... Like, oh, you did this to the crew of that other ship that gave us the distress call, right? So, like, they, they made it seem like this is what they do. So, my question is, like, where's the pirate booty slash loot part of it? You know, because if you think about a pirate, let's talk about an ancient seafaring pirate. They, you know, go on the ancient seas, blah, blah, blah. They take over a ship. They sink it, but they first grab all the treasure and go hide it somewhere or or put it in their, their island villa or whatever with the, they do with the, the treasure, and, and, and they make use of it, right? They don't just take a ship over and then pretend like they need a distress call and then take another ship over. Like, seriously, like, like you have the first ship. Why don't you go do that or unload the booty or something? You know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of weird to just be sort of hopping from ship to ship and taking it over, but then not sort of like stowing the ship somewhere or dumping off the cargo or something. I mean, there there was some dialogue about how the 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 stuff was kind of like stripped a little, but they they just killed the other crew pretty recently. You know what I mean? So if they just killed the other crew pretty recently, did, did they not have time to stow the stuff they stole? Anyways, so minor minor plot hole there. And the alien artifact that is in that very first sequence that I told you about happens to be what unleashes the Horde of Plaguers. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, uh, you should know that by now, but I'm telling you now, not that there really is much to spoil, because uh, basically from there it becomes a zombie movie in space. Uh, they are called Plaguers. They're not zombies. However, they act like zombies. One bites another, and that turns into another, and so on and so forth, and then eventually the band of sexy space pirates team up with our heroes, but then screw them over again, but then get themselves screwed over all the way up until the very, very last sequence where that little body that's in some weird frozen stasis in the beginning, the the woman uh, only survivor, the uh, Ripley character, if you will, jettisons herself to the planet below and she sees while she's going that the alien artifact was somehow in the little pod with her 
which really also made no sense because this alien artifact is like a big sphere, you know, we're talking, uh, uh, you know, a beach, beach ball probably size sphere. And, and if you're climbing into a thing the size of a coffin, you would notice, I mean, I, w I would put my feet down to that, to the, to the part where it's all kind of dark and spooky and be, oh, look, there's a sphere there of aliens that's trying to get to earth. But no, they want you to think that the earth might be infected by plaguers. Maybe there's a sequel, please. I hope there isn't a sequel, uh, <laughs> but they really want to end it, end it that way. Uh, which then leads me to my final critique of the movie, the fact that it it really unapologetically just, you know, tries to be aliens, but it's sort of like like they couldn't afford aliens. I mean, we're talking about, you know, when I told you about these plaguers ripping through a door, well, the door, by the way it moves, obviously looks cardboard or or some very light material, you know, you could just tell by watching it that that it was obviously a, a set piece. And, and, you know, it's like when people pick up giant rocks and kind of like the old Star Treks where you could tell that that rock is like extremely like light to the actor, <laughs> uh, you know, so, so it's, it's kind of like that where everything, it's a spaceship, but it's all sort of very cheap, very low budget. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that they, they didn't have much in the making of the movie, but still it tries to be the next aliens because like there's even like a synthetic human and so for those of you that's seen alien or aliens you'll know that there has their lance hendrickson plays the android in aliens and i forget who plays the one in the first one but they literally try to make that character an amalgam of both those characters from the movie alien and aliens in the sense that that robot character uh Oh, he's a he's a synth humor. I don't know. He was like the actor was kind of mumbling when he said what he really was because they would call him Android. He's like, no, no, I'm something else. And I kept like going, what did he just say? And then eventually I got sick of like turning it back to figure out what that line was. But uh, hey, maybe any of you listening in wants to tell me who he is or what what he is and not an android. I would like to know. But anyways. You know, we know he's a robot because he gets hit by a plaguer and there's uh, wires coming out of him. Uh, and that's why he's not going to turn. So, you know, since he's not going to turn, he's the only one that can crawl to a part of the ship that can help them fix their current situation. And when he crawls through the ship, he crawls through a tiny little tunnel, just like Lance Hendrickson did in Aliens. I mean, it's almost like shot for shot, the uh, scene with Lance Hendrickson climbing through the tunnel. Uh, you know, and then there's also a moment where he, he goes crazy and tries to kill everyone just like the android did in Alien, but that's even kind of convoluted because you're supposed to think the space virus that's affecting the plaguers uh, is affecting him now, even though they made a scene in the beginning that he's not really affected by it, but then suddenly is affected by it, but then he's suddenly able to fight it and, and you know, stop the onslaught of of the plaguers so they can get to another part of the ship and it's really sort of convoluted with his character and he's like the best one in the entire like 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 movie like like and oh by the way that's steve railback's character from life force so that that's why he's the best one because he's in the back of the box and and he was from life force and and that's all they could afford they probably blew their budget on him and that was it uh anyways that's Plaguers. I'd say watch it with the lights out, but probably it'd be more important or easier to watch it with the DVD out. Thank you.
by the way, time for another chapter of Tuners after this break. Chapter 5 They made their way out of the mall. The parking lot took a lot longer to cross without the use of his skateboard. They made their way across the street to a shopping center with a strip mall. Most of the storefronts were empty with the exception of a few specialty shops. There was a planter in front of an empty store with a perpetual going out of business sign. They sat down. Before John could say anything, the man with the hoodie started talking. He talked really fast, as if he could barely keep up with his own thoughts. When you wouldn't respond to my email, who, who doesn't check email? It, it, it's like not taking showers, it's just something you do nowadays. So anyways, I, I did an online search with your email and I found it an Instagram account. There were a handful of malls in the metro area and I could fit the pictures on your Instagram. The metro area, John said, incredulous. They only appear in malls. Who? Uh, the girl with the plaid skirt and her friends. Her name's Abby. A Abby? You talked to her? I saw her phone. You, you saw her phone? Was it all futuristic and space age? Uh, I, I think it was an android. What? The man seemed confused. You, you want to tell me? You want to tell me what's going on? No, I thought you'd tell me. They're everywhere, man. Who? Unis. What? Y unis. People from parallel universes. You think she's from a parallel universe, John said? He had just about enough of this guy and was barely willing to accept the facts himself. I know she's from a parallel universe. That's crazy, man. Uh, how could you know that? Because I'm from one. The guy slid off his hood. Underneath, the man looked like a typical suburban white guy with brown hair, glasses, and a five o'clock shadow. However, he had a scar across his forehead, like the man had, who had assaulted Abby. My name's Azarius. I was made to be a soldier. Before John could ask any questions, the man's eyes darted outward. John followed the man's gaze. There was nothing to see. It was just mostly an empty parking lot. There was a lady walking towards the grocery store on the other end, and she didn't seem dangerous. From the look in Azarius' eyes, John wondered. John would have thought that a group of Nazi ninjas was about to attack. Run, Azarius commanded. What? John said, confused. Run! Two men appeared in the parking lot. They flashed into existence in a puff of red light. Azarius took off running. John had enough of this and turned the other way. He figured they would chase the other guy. However... The men split up to follow both of them. The man chasing John had the same long black coat and forehead scar like the man Abby had been chasing. A single blade ejected from his wrist. He was also fast. However, John was a lot faster. Once he saw the blade come out, he didn't look back. He pulled a skateboard from the latch on his backpack and tossed it to the ground. He jumped on the board and attempted to put some distance between him and the man. He made it to the end of the strip mall and hopped off the sidewalk into the parking lot and Rist looked back and saw the man was keeping up with him. There's no way that man was that fast. 
Jean pumped his feet and got on the board going at breakneck speeds. He swerved in front of a car and it slammed on the brakes honking at him. The man in the car hit the car and rolled off the hood. The man chasing them hit the car and rolled off the hood. He picked up himself and continued to chase after John. John needed to think of something quick. The man was closing the distance between them slowly but surely. He gulped to think of what kind of damage that blade could do. There was a bus stop ahead and as luck would have it, a bus was on the way towards the stop. John pumped the skateboard and aimed for a set of stairs leading from the strip mall parking lot to the sidewalk down below. He hopped on the railing and slid down. He could feel the whoosh of air as the swipe of a blade off the back of almost hit the back of his neck. John launched off the railing and pulled the skateboard from under his feet. He flew through the air towards the bus and was, that was letting on its last passenger. He grabbed the safety rail on the roof of the bus and hoisted himself to the top. His skateboard clattered to the street as he dropped it when he was flying through the air. The bus pulled into traffic with John on top of it. The man with the blade ran down to the street and a car swerved to miss him and hit another car. The man watched John recede into the distance for a moment while the cars began to pile up behind him. He picked up the skateboard that John had left behind and winked out of existence. that was tuners chapter five all right there's going to be more tuners coming up for you and i'll also see if i can find another fantastic movie for december remember i'm gonna watch them so you don't have to uh i know it was a short episode this week but uh that's what i got for you hey so i was hoping that i could read some other people's fiction too so i'm still open if you have some fiction stories you'd like to sh share, horror fiction, of course, uh, and it could be any kind of horror fiction. It could be science fiction horror. It could be comedy horror. It could be horror horror. It could be romantic horror. It could be twilight. It could be vampires. It could be werewolves. It could be demons. Anything. Anything, so long as it's horror, I'll be happy to read it. So please go ahead and send me your stories. Uh, also, uh, there's a new podcast in the RPA network. It's a phantom podcast. It's the Sandman's Lullaby. I took a look at the first episode and it's pretty awesome. So I suggest that you check it out. And of course you have, uh, the flagship show, Real Paranormal Activity on Mondays. And then you got me on Tuesdays and Terry's Mysterious Moment on Wednesdays. So please go check out all those podcasts. They are some fun stuff. And uh, if you want to go ahead and get a hold of moi, you can go ahead and find me on uh, Twitter, Aaron Horror Show, Facebook, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can just go ahead and send me an email, Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much for listening. And remember, in space... No one is immune to the space uh, virus thingy that gets you from sexy space pirates that come on your ship and, and there's so much, you know, happening. And wait, no one has backstory in this movie. All right. Goodbye.
So this is your special bonus scene, you know, that's at the end of the credits, like you see in movies. Uh, in Plaguers, you really gotta see the main demon Plager at the end. I swear, it looks like a very silly, uh, alien from, I, <laughs> like, it looks like it's out of a 1950s horror show. Even with, like, this weird sort of limping walk. Like, like it, it's that body that was in the coffin all that time that gets turned into some weird plaguer. Like, like it's hilarious. Oh my god. See that weird alien. Anyways, thanks for listening.